Welcome to the Confluence of Ideas from Confluence Investment Management, focusing on major economic and geopolitical trends and their investment implications. I'm Phil Adler. Confluence Investment Management's official 2024 outlook anticipates a slowing U.S. economy and a continued risk of recession. In its report, Confluence discusses the reasons behind this prediction and ways investors can prepare. The co-authors are Confluence Chief Market Strategist Patrick Fearon Hernandez and Associate Market Strategist Thomas Wash. Both Patrick and Thomas join us today. We're recording this program, by the way, in mid-December 2023. Patrick and Thomas, I'm looking forward to this discussion. I enjoy reading these reports. I always learn something and gain a fresh and, and a different view of conditions. I invite either or both of you to respond to my questions. But before we discuss the main themes, I, I wanted to ask a, a very simple question. How do you think investors should approach and value an outlook report like this? Well, hi, Phil. This is Patrick. Thanks for having us on the program, first of all. To answer your question, I think these kinds of year-end outlook pieces are best seen as a chance to step back and look at the big picture, to consider the broad array of asset classes and how they might behave over the course of the coming year. The end of every year is a milestone, and it's common for people to use it to review where they've been over the last year, what the new year may have in store, and what they might do to prepare for it. That's the spirit behind our outlook for 2024. So if we investors can understand and commit to the game plan, we're less likely to make rash, unproductive decisions when there is a surprise. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, once you understand the investment environment and how things might transpire in the coming year, you're in a much better position to come up with your investing plan for the new year, including what you might do if things turn out differently than expected. Well, the title of the 2024 outlook is The Slow Bicycle Economy. I think I get it. When I ride my bicycle too fast, I risk a bad accident. But riding too slowly is also risky. How is slow bicycle an apt description for today's economy? Yeah, you've got it. When economic activity doesn't have much momentum, it's more susceptible to a negative shock that can kick it into recession. Indeed, we think a lot of previous recessions happened like that. Growth slowed, and then some exogenous event prompted an outright contraction. Throughout most of the last year, we've seen softening in many different economic indicators, so it's pretty clear that the economy is losing momentum. And given that price inflation is still relatively elevated and the Federal Reserve is keeping interest rates high, we think the economy will continue to gradually lose momentum. That's a big yellow flag for us. We think the risk of recession is building. So investors should incorporate that risk in their investment strategy for the coming year. So should this slowing economy outlook, in effect, form the foundation for all major investment decisions? Well, we certainly think it should be considered in key investment decisions related to 2024. But by coincidence, we think the kind of investment adjustments you would make for a slow bicycle economy in 2024 are also pretty much in line with the broader, longer-term trends we see in the global investment environment, as I'm sure we'll discuss later. Can you go into exactly what major economic data support this slowing economy outlook? 
Well, one piece of evidence is the quarterly report on gross domestic product. Of course, the data show a big jump in growth during the third quarter, but that's widely seen as a one-off fluke, largely attributed to corporate inventory investment. Prior to the third quarter, GDP growth was hovering at about the long-term average rate of 2.1%, and if you look closely at the detail, you can see that the growth rate was actually softening ever so gradually. A similar story emerges if you look look at more granular real-time data like the Chicago Fed's National Activity Index or the SOM indicator, which looks at changes in the unemployment rate. On top of that, payroll growth has slowed markedly. There's actually been multiple different indicators that point to moderating or slowing growth. Well, last year at this time, most economists went on record expecting a recession would happen in 2023. What went wrong? You know, one major thing that a lot of us failed to appreciate is how the economy became much more resilient to the Fed's interest rate hikes during the coronavirus pandemic. When the Fed slashed interest rates to 0% in order to support the economy, many companies and homeowners took advantage of the opportunity to refinance and lock in low interest rates for an extended period. There have been some negative results from that, like the way that homeowners with super low mortgage rates are now reluctant to sell their homes. Nevertheless, all that refinancing meant that many companies and homeowners today have been insulated from the rise in interest rates. On top of that, the mass retirement of baby boomers during the pandemic has left the labor markets tight and buoyed wage rates. Finally, the economy has been supported by a big ongoing jump in federal government spending and reduced taxes. This is Thomas. Uh, let me add something here. Like you said, Patrick, government spending and fixed investment also played a major role in the economy. While consumption remained strong throughout the year, its stability wavered, dipping below 1% annualized growth in the second quarter. In fact, the latest Atlanta GDP Nowcast further indicates a slowdown in consumer spending for the current quarter. In contrast, fixed investment and government spending have exhibited remarkable stability throughout the year, providing the economy with a much-needed buffer. Additionally, the influx of government spending stemming from the Inflation Reduction Act is poised to be a key driver of growth in the coming year, which is one of the reasons we remain optimistic that the economy will be able to avert recession for another year. So, at any rate, a mild recession is certainly much more likely than a deep recession. That's certainly our expectation for a number of reasons. For example, since so many companies and homeowners have termed out their debt by different time periods, refinancing needs are likely to be spread out over the coming few years, not all at once. Also, we're not seeing much sign of a catastrophic decline in labor demand. We're also not seeing a lot of evidence of big imbalances in the economy. Of course, there could be a problem that comes out of the blue or is invisible right now. A financial crisis, especially one in the commercial real estate sector, is, is probably the most likely. But overall, we still think the probability of a sharp, deep, long-lasting recession is pretty limited for the moment. Well, inflation at present is not growing as quickly as it once did, but it does remain above the Fed's official 2% goal. Is the Fed done raising interest rates? While the Fed officials are likely to remain cautious and keep their options open just in case of an unexpected surge in inflation, recent data suggests that they may be finished raising rates, at least for now. 
Currently, inflation is on track to fall below 2.5% by April, which, while not yet reaching the Fed's target, provides enough breathing room to pause further rate hikes. Nevertheless, time will tell whether the Federal Reserve will cut rates as it will likely base that decision on its outlook on the labor market, which remains relatively tight. Is it feasible to expect the stock market might continue to advance even if there is a mild recession, if the Fed continues to hold interest rates steady at the present level? Well, it's possible for stock prices to keep trending upward even in the face of a mild recession, but it's probably more likely to expect a pullback. After all, even a mild recession would be expected to put a temporary dent in corporate earnings, and the risk of a deeper recession would likely push valuations down temporarily. Nevertheless, in the scenario we're expecting, stock prices would retreat a relatively modest amount and then rebound. Interestingly, our modeling suggests that the S&P 500 stock index will end 2024 just about where it is today. But we suspect there will be some period in the new year where stocks pull back meaningfully only to rebound and end the year a bit below 4,600. And what is your specific target in 2024 for the S&P 500? Our modeling tells us the S&P 500 should end 2024 somewhere between 4,060 and 5,090 with a point forecast of 4,580. How about bonds? If the economy slows and the markets adjust to higher interest rates for a longer period of time, what are the opportunities and concerns for bond investors? Well, the way we see it, the Fed policymakers are really intent on regaining their reputations as inflation fighters. So we think investors should take them at their word when they say they intend to hold interest rates higher for longer. During the autumn, it looked like bond investors were getting on board with that idea. Bonds sold off, boosting the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note to almost 5%. Now, more recently, however, bond investors look like they're again expecting near-term rate cuts. They They've piled back into bonds, driving yields sharply lower. As the economy continues to slow in 2024 and the Fed refuses to cut rates as early as investors now expect, we think bonds will be susceptible to another sell-off and another rebound in yields. Do you have a numerical prediction for the 10-year Treasury note? Yeah, our modeling suggests that any such bond sell-off would be enough to send 10-year Treasury yields back above 4.9%. Turning to the election, it's shaping up to be an interesting U.S. election year. What does history teach us about election year investments, and, and how might this year be different? Well, uncertainty surrounding the 2024 election is expected to dampen investor enthusiasm compared to typical election years. Historical trends favor first-term Republican presidents and second-term Democrats. But this election represents unique challenges. Concerns about President Biden's age and popularity, former President Trump's legal woes, and the emergence of third-party candidates raise doubts about a clear winner. Until a front runner emerges, we expect investors are likely to remain cautious throughout the year. Patrick and Thomas, this year's stock market advance has been dominated by a few very large cap stocks. Do you think new opportunities are opening up this year? 
Yeah, the stock market was very narrow in 2023 with most of the gains coming from only a dozen or so stocks, mostly large cap growth stocks in the technology and communication services sectors. As a group, value stocks and small cap stocks lagged. Now, our analysis suggests that value in small cap stocks are now trading at much more attractive prices, which should entice buyers. In sum, we think value in small caps will provide the best opportunity opportunities in the U.S. stock market in 2024. Is the outlook for foreign stocks still tied to the dollar? Yes, indeed. Anyone who's familiar with our work knows that our analysis shows foreign stock returns to be driven largely by the value of the greenback. When the dollar is highly valued or appreciating, foreign stock returns are typically poor, and vice versa. Moreover, our recent analytical work has shown that the dollar tends to be strong when the U.S. is experiencing an upswing in innovation and capital investment, as it is now, especially with artificial intelligence. If we're right, that means there's a good chance that the greenback will remain strong in 2024, leading to weak returns on foreign equities. And so you expect the dollar will remain fairly strong as U.S. interest rates hold steady. Well, looking into 2024 and and considering that economic growth is faltering in Europe and some other key foreign markets, yeah, it's easy to imagine the Fed holding U.S. interest rates high while foreign central banks cut theirs. That also would tend to support the dollar and reduce returns on international stocks. Of course, we think a lot of investors should still have some exposure to foreign stocks for diversification and exposure to those stocks that can do well despite a strong dollar. Nevertheless, we expect 2024 to be a year when foreign stock returns lag U.S. stock returns. Last year, Confluence was on record expecting that the traditional recommendation for a 60-40 division between stocks and bonds would become a 40-40-20 portfolio recommendation with fixed income in stocks at 40% and commodities at 20%. Are you still as confident about commodities? Yes, our longer-term view is still that rising geopolitical tensions, global fracturing, and potential supply chain disruptions will tend to lift commodity prices. Of course, if the U.S. goes into recession, commodity prices are likely to fall back temporarily in the new year. All the same, if any recession proves short and mild, or if we avoid a recession, then we would still look for commodity prices in general to recover quickly and resume their recent up trend. Crypto has had a very nice rally at the time of our recording. Even with all the negative developments, it has been a, a good year. Is there any room for crypto in your asset allocation recommendations? You know, Phil, a lot of people have certainly piled into crypto, but we still think of it as an undeveloped, riskier market that's highly susceptible to regulatory action. For example, China has already banned crypto investing, and as governments around the world consider how cryptocurrencies could undermine their sovereignty, we think many will undermine private crypto in favor of their own central bank digital currencies. So at this point, we don't advocate crypto investing just yet. Finally, Patrick and Thomas, this is the time of year, of course, for outlook reports. But the fact is, these outlooks are fluid and and they're not dictated by artificial time divisions. How often during the year does Confluence revisit these recommendations? And how often in the past have you adjusted them midstream? 
Well, you're exactly right. The global investment environment is constantly changing and evolving. No matter what an analyst thinks might transpire right now, the universe is likely to throw a curveball at us over the next 12 months. That's why we always do a mid-year update to our outlook and plan to do so again sometime in mid-2024. And beyond that, our understanding of the evolving investment environment is always changing in real time. As our thinking evolves, we'll continue to share our ideas in our more frequent publications, such as our daily comment and our bi-weekly asset allocation reports. We encourage anyone to sign up for those publications and check them out regularly on our website or on social media. Thank you, Patrick and Thomas. Listeners can read detailed explanations and view charts of economic data that build a case for Confluence recommendations by accessing the Confluence Investment Management webpage. That address is confluenceim.com. Look for links to the Confluence of Ideas report titled Outlook for 2024, The Slow Bicycle Economy. Geopolitical events can certainly disrupt markets, and you can gain an understanding of what to watch for by reading the Confluence 2024 Geopolitical Outlook, also by accessing the Confluence webpage. Today's discussion is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our audio engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler. 